Bibles, open them, take your Bible app, open it. I don't know, but let's go two places. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. Put your finger there, and then let's go old school. Let's go back to Jeremiah. So we are going to be first, or 2 Peter chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 17. Okay, get there in just a few minutes. As you're finding that, we'll get started by, I just want to say congratulations. We all did it. We made it to the year 2021, right? Woo! Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. All right. Yeah, a few of you is a little bit more appreciative that you made it than others. Um, and here's the deal. Everybody in this room, come on, we are hoping for a better 2021, right? We're hoping for a better year, right? Yeah. But here's the deal. We got to go here this morning for just a few minutes. What if it's not better? Right? Because let's just be honest, for some of us, 2020 wasn't that bad. Okay, we're just playing off everybody else's vibes, right? Uh, I can't wait this is over. Did you lose your job? No. Did you get sick? No. Okay. Did you get to stay home from work and get paid? Yeah. <laughs> all right. It wasn't so bad for you, was it? So, we're just gonna, so let's just make sure that we're all on the same level playing field here. What if 2021 brings greater pain, greater fear, greater disease, greater death. We certainly don't wish that on any of us, but come on. As bad as 2020 might have been, we can't believe that the darkest days are behind us. That would be foolish thinking. There are some darker days ahead, right? Because we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is broken, and guess what? The church, we know this. We're not immune to the brokenness. And if 2020 taught us anything, it reminded us of this. We are not in control of the story. If, if anything, that's what it taught us, right? Like there are some things, really, it's always been that truth, but it's a year like 2020 that maybe reminds us we're not in control of the story. We might control variables of our story, but ultimately what happens is out of our control. And here's what else we learned. And it leaves us vulnerable. It left us as a country vulnerable. It left us as a church vulnerable. It left us as individuals vulnerable. So here's the question. What is the key to a better 2021? Because what if I told you that the key is not a better story? Well, if it's just, if my story's better this year, then it's going to obviously be better. No. What if I told you the key is not a better story because some of you are going to have a great year 2021, and some of you are going to wish you could have 2020 back, perhaps. The key for a better 2021 for all of us is not a better story, but a bigger faith. That puts us all on the same playing field this morning. We all need a bigger faith for 2021 because we have no idea what's coming. We have little control over what happens this year, but we have full control on what we are going to believe and how we are going to behave through anything that comes our way this year. God's greatest desire for us is not that we have a better year. 
God's greatest desire for us is that we better learn to trust him with our year. Joel Steen won't teach you that, by the way. You're not all going to get rich in 2021. And you're not all going to be healthy in 2021. And nobody in your family is going to get sick. Just name it and claim it and all that garbage. No. We live in a broken world. We are not immune to the brokenness, but we can... We have control of how we are going to respond to the brokenness that comes our way. And God's not concerned with you having the best year ever, best life now. That's coming. God is concerned with us learning to trust him with whatever's coming tomorrow. Good or bad, for richer or poor, sickness or health, God, we trust you. That's his desire for us. God wants us to walk into 2021 fully confident in his ability to take care of our lives, take care of our families, take care of our finances, take care of our marriages, take care of our health, take care of our employment, everything, planned and unplanned. God wants us to walk into this year with our hands open saying, God, I'm yours. God, I trust you with absolutely everything. Come on. We want that too. Deep down, if we kind of maybe pull back some layers, we all want that too. We want to believe that God is in complete control. We want to believe that God has our best interest at heart. We want to believe that God's good. And we want to be able to take every care and every worry and every problem and place it at his feet and trust him. How much easier Would life be if we trusted God enough with the details of our everyday life that we would just lay those burdens at his feet and then go to bed and rest knowing I'm not in control? He is. So here's the question we're going to really answer over the rest of the sermon, maybe for the next couple weeks. Is God worthy of our full trust, our complete trust? And if so, how do we grow that kind of confidence in our God? What do we need to do to grow that kind of big faith? I mean, is there a prayer to pray? Is there a verse to read? Is there a story? Is there a song to sing? Is there a service that I can attend? Is there there a checklist that I can complete? How do we grow up spiritually, so that we can weather anything that's coming our way. To put it in some of the context of Paul, how do we go from spiritual babies crawling around drinking milk to men and women walking in the Lord, enjoying the meat of his word? In Second Peter chapter 1, I love this text because Peter's talking to the church. He's talking to those that are going through some rough times. There's some suffering going on amongst the Christians. And it's not coincidence that what Peter goes to is faith. Because see, Peter understood what they needed to get through the suffering is not a better year. They needed a bigger faith. Because whatever's come, God has allowed. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And they just need to trust God. 
And so I just want to read a little bit. Let's read nine verses together, starting in verse one. It says, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I love that because it's, in, in Peter's eyes, that was inseparable. Yeah, I'm an apostle. That kind of gives me a position of authority. But not really because I'm a slave. I'm a servant to the Lord. He understood his identity that we talked about last week. He says this, I am writing you who share the same precious what? Faith that we have. The faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of the life that you've lived. No. Jesus Christ alone. The fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior. And look, verse 2. May God give you what? More. Not just more, but and more. More and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Me, that's Peter's prayer is this. Listen, you, I know you're suffering. I know you're struggling. I know you want a better year. You need a bigger faith. And so my prayer is this, that God will give you more and more and more faith, peace. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everything. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, we have been, uh, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. With the generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patience, patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for every, everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But for those of you that ignore what I'm saying, but for those of you who fail to develop in this way, you're short-sighted, you're blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. What I love about this text is that Peter is showing his, his prayers that they would grow more and more in their faith, but he's showing that their faith is connected to their knowledge. And their knowledge is connected to their godliness or their belief and their obedience. And the question again is, is God worthy of our complete and full trust with everything? If we are going to grow in our faith to God, we must grow in our knowledge of God. It starts with who he is and it's acknowledging who he is. Because our growing understanding and trust of who God is and what God does is what blossoms us from this small little plant to this big strong tree. Or again, in language, by the way, that's biblical context, but also this baby to a grown, mature adult. I want Jeff to put a picture of this tree it's an it's a image of a it's a very mature tree and if you were to see that driving down the road or 
maybe walking through a field, you'd probably just stop and the blue skies and it's just, it's a pretty tree and it's an image of a mature tree. This is the result, by the way, of years of what? Growth, right? That tree has been around for a little while. And here I want that tree to represent gospel maturity. When we see that tree, I want it to, to reflect gospel maturity. And if we had to give a definition to gospel maturity, I would want to give it the definition that we looked at last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In fact, this might be one you want to just write down. We'll talk about it at the end of the sermon. Verse 18, listen to this. I think this is the definition for maturity. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Gospel maturity is us growing more and more and more into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, listen to this text. Let's go to Jeremiah. I need to get to the Old Testament, first of all. Sorry about that. I did mark it, but Jeremiah chapter 17. I just want to look at three verses here. Starting in verse 5. Let's pay attention because who's speaking here? This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. So, in other words, cursed to anybody who puts their trust in anything or anyone other than Christ. Right? They are like what? Stunted shrubs in the desert. They have no hope for a future. They live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and, I love this word, confidence. Because they are, what, like, they are like what? They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Hmm. Isn't it interesting, and we're going to talk a little bit about some some really cool stories that we wouldn't have in the Old and New Testament if it wasn't for people trusting God, but isn't it interesting that in the very beginning, the original sin that brought a curse upon this whole world is around the topic of trust? Adam and Eve, who was in the garden, who had everything they needed, stopped trusting that God had their best interest at heart. Started believing that God was trying to hold them back, hold something good back from them. And so if I get anything from Jeremiah chapter 17, it would be this, in a world full of shrubs, be a tree. Be a tree. And so I want to put that same tree back on the screen, but I want it to zoom out. And we see that a beautiful tree is not just beautiful because of what we can see. It's beautiful because of what is strong and healthy that's going on below the surface. If we are going to be strong, mature Christians, then we've got to have strong, healthy roots. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to 
identify some of those roots that we have got to have. We're going to call them spiritual disciplines. But these are things that we must have in our lives. As we grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is and what he has done through the work and person of his son, Jesus Christ. We're going to believe it. We're going to receive it. And we're going to reflect it in the way that we live our lives. So over the next few weeks, we're going to identify some personal disciplines that's going to help us grow no matter what comes our way in 2021. Last week we talked about how as a church we're going to be a, um, we're going to be a, church, a gospel-centered church. And we discussed really the four characteristics that shape the centrality of the church or really the centrality around, uh, of, of us around Jesus Christ. And we, we talked about there's, there's four things. Remember, there's, we're going to be grounded in gospel identity. We're going to be reminded of who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's easy for us to forget that. So we're constantly going to be reminding each other of our baptismal identity, if you will. You've been baptized into God the Father. You're, you're sons and daughters. Man, you've been adopted into the family of God. He loves you. You're his dearly loved children. Act like it. Baptized into God the Son who, who set aside the majesty of heaven and wrapped himself in flesh to become a servant. Took on the form, Paul says, of a servant. And he served us to death. So we're going to become servants. And we're going to live in this, this calling of being baptized into God, the Holy Spirit. And we already know from our Acts series, the whole reason we've been empowered by the Spirit of God is to tell people everywhere about the goodness of God through His Son, Jesus. We are empowered to be His witnesses. 2 Corinthians 5 says we've been empowered to be His appeal to the world, to represent Him in the things that we say and in the things that we do. Gospel, grounded in gospel identity. The second thing is this, we're governed by a gospel rule, right? John 13, 15, we're going to do as Jesus has done, right? If God's done it for you, you're going to do it for others. If God hasn't done it for you, you don't have to do it for others. If God stops doing it for you, you can stop doing it for others. But we're not going to do what feels good. We're not going to do what we want others to do to us. We're going to learn to live doing as Christ has done for us. That's gospel maturity, by the way, which is number three. We're going to be growing in gospel maturity, and we're going to be going on gospel mission. But for the next few weeks, I want us to focus on gospel maturity. I want us to lay a foundation for 2021 that it doesn't matter what comes our way. We're moving forward, man. We're flourishing like a tree planted by the waters. Let the winter come, let the drought come, let the storms, let the winds come. It doesn't matter because our roots are strong and they are healthy and we are still growing and we're still going in the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't promise you a better 2021, but I can promise you the tools, the spiritual disciplines to grow in your knowledge and trust of your Heavenly Father. And it's kind of the same thing. There's that old saying, I think I used it yesterday, uh, Mitch, when we met. I, I'm not sure if I did. I, I had a lot of conversations this week. Uh, the, the saying is, uh, you can lead a horse to the trough, right? But, is that right? But you can't make it. You can lead a horse to the water. Yeah, there's water in the trough, all right? Just hang with me for a minute. Uh, but you can't make the horse drink. And so, <laughs> in all of my wisdom, <laughs> I put God can lead us to the trough, but he won't make us drink. 
He'll give us every, everything we need to come and rest in him. To, to stand strong in the midst of any storm. He'll give us what we need to, to grow deep and healthy. But he's not going to force us. He's not going to force us to be disciplined enough to every day get up and do the things that's going to let us be at a place where we say, God, I trust you with whatever comes today. And so if I could encourage you, this is more of a pep talk today than a sermon. I'd say to this church, let's drink up. Let's, let's let God lead us to wherever he wants to lead us and let's drink up because there is nothing that we will do that has greater eternal significance or value than what we do for our King Jesus. This is a little convicting because this morning as I was kind of just going over this in my mind, I'm thinking even in my parenting, as I try to become more of a parent that parents through the gospel and treats my kids the way Christ has treated me. I thought how, how foolish it is that we spend so much time making sure our kids are disciplined to make good grades, which obviously we're failing at. Uh, and yet we spend hardly any time making sure that they have the disciplines for spiritual growth. We're more concerned about A's and B's than we are kingdom work. And by the way, kids, that's not an excuse, right? You don't get to, when your parents yell at you about your grades, go, I'm just all about the kingdom work, Dad. No. Everything we do, or the Bible, hey, Jesus said, Paul said this, but it comes from the Spirit. Everything we do is with excellence, so parents, use that against you. We're going to study with excellence. Last night, Andy and I got to go out to dinner, and we had some conversation about what does it look like for our marriage to be gospel-centered? We're going to be talking about this. We have been talking about it, but... Uh, what do you need from me? Uh, how can I be more gospel, a more gospel-centered husband to you? And uh, we talked about parenting a little bit, but I really try to keep it on just us and our marriage. And, I, and the point is with that is I, I, I want to lead this from the front, okay? I'm not, I'm not up here saying, come, come be with me. I'm like, no, hey, this, we're in this thing together because my roots aren't always deep and they're not always healthy, but I want to get there and I want you to get there and I want us to go together and I'm not going to lead from the back. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that preaches it and doesn't practice it. I, I'm saying I want to lead this from the front. I want our marriage, that's what we talked about last night. We want to lead, we want to be good shepherds uh, to our church. But we want to lead from the front. And, and there's two prayers that I'm going to practice a lot this year. I'm going to allow you to see these on the screen so you can write them down and perhaps join me in these prayers. Here's the first prayer. God, help us trust you more. It's a good prayer. First thing I prayed this morning when I woke up was that. God, help me trust you more today. Because I'm going to get to church and the heat's not going to work. <laughs> but I'm going to trust you. I don't know what's coming after church, but I'm going to trust you, good or bad. Oh, uh, uh, we had to bring our vacuum cleaner to church today, and J.J. brought it from downstairs, and the, and the thing that gets all dirty fell out and bumped all the way down the stairs, dust everywhere. I don't know why that happened, but I'm not going to yell. I'm learning, I'm learning to be more patient, more peaceful. I'm learning to trust. Now go get a vacuum. Go get another vacuum, <laughs> right? Here's the other prayer, because I just know me and I know you. God, forgive us for not trusting you more. 
God, help us trust you more. And, and then when we fail to trust God, we don't go hide under a rock. We don't live in all this guilt and this shame. We just pray, God, forgive us. God, we're not trusting you in this moment. So would you help us? Forgive us for not, but would you help us? It's kind of that, that story from the New Testament. Remember the gentleman that was with Jesus? I believe. Help my unbelief. God, I, I, know, I, I know you are who you say you are. But sometimes, sometimes I doubt. So would you just help me trust you more? Here's what we're going to live by this year. God is worthy of my trust because, we know this from Scripture, God is trustworthy. We are going to, uh, God is worthy of my trust because God is trustworthy. How do we know that? Man, just think about all of the amazing stories that we know from the Scriptures that we wouldn't know if men and women hadn't trusted God. My, my first initial thought was you, all the way back to when the children of Israel were in Egypt, they were in bondage, and remember they had grown to the, to the place of a nation before God ever got them to a mountain to tell them how to, how to live for them. He shows up in Egypt, and he says, I'm going to deliver you. Trust me. Follow me. Let's go. He didn't give them the Ten Commandments there. He just said, I am your God, and you are my people. Trust me. And then it's all, all the famous stories, right, that we hear from Bible school. They're, they're cool stories because they're such good stories about trust. There's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? There's, there's Moses even being led out of Egypt. And here they are. They think they're free, and they, they come to this obstacle. You ever been there? It's going to be a good day. And then you come before an obstacle, and you look back, and you see the enemy coming to kill you. Oh, boy. And God says, got this fixed, Moses. See that stick in your hand? Hold it up. That ain't going to help. There's a Red Sea there, and there's Pharaoh and his army there. Going to take something more than a stick. And yet, Moses, for whatever reason, trusts God. The sea's parted. God leads his people to victory. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and here they are in a foreign country. They've been taken captive, and they're, they've, they've got positions now, and they're probably living in that tension of how do we stay faithful to God and yet be good servants where God has placed us? Think about how much trust it took to stand before the king and say, you can do whatever you want to us. But our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, I love that. I love that. Because we read the story and we're like, yeah, he delivered them, right? But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before the king didn't know that. They just knew that he could. That's why they went ahead and said, but even if he doesn't know this, we trust him with our death more than we're going to live for you. Daniel told not to pray, and yet he just kept trusting. And that was a cool story. David and Goliath... Can't leave that one out. That's on the flannel graph, right? A whole nation scared of this one man because he's a big man. And it's not that David was some great muscular. No, he's like, read the story. David's like, no, man, our God's bigger than him. See, everybody else was running and hiding because all they could see is them compared to Goliath, this giant. But David didn't compare himself to, 
He compared his God. He was trusting in his God. And then we just get to the New Testament, story after story. We don't even have to look past our teaching of Acts. The apostles, are you kidding me? Don't you ever teach in the temple again or else. And they're like, we trust God. We're just going to go back and start teaching again. And here they are facing death, and they're still preaching to the leaders that have control over if they live or, or die. How can you do that? Because you've learned. It doesn't, I don't need a better story. I don't need a better year. I need bigger faith. And I understand that God is in control of when I live and die, not you. Not any disease. And so if a disease comes, and it, and it does destroy my life, God allowed it. And the moment I take my last breath here, I'll wake up in glory and I'll say, oh, it was worth it. <laughs> I see now. I see. But nothing can touch us today that our God's not in control of. And so we can trust him. These are amazing stories. And guess what? There's hundreds and hundreds of more in the Bible. So let's read them. Let's learn these stories together. Let's, let's learn about what the scriptures are teaching us about who God is and what he is doing, has done, is promises to do. And so we want to we follow through with some obedience today. And so, again, there are some things that we're in the midst of putting together, and you're going to hear about them over the next few weeks. We do not want you to, to miss these, these weeks, but there is something we want to start with you today because it's the first of the year. Technically, it's the third of the year. But that's okay. We, we wanted to purchase a reading plan, and we've never done that before. We've done reading plans, but this year we wanted to, to put something in your hands that, that's tangible, that you can see, and you can check off if you want to. And so I just want to explain this real, really quick, and then we'll uh, begin to shut this thing down. But we're going to do uh, read through the Bible together, and, and I'm a chronological guy. I like to see how it all just kind of plays out through the story. And so this is in chronological order. So if you don't like that, I'm sorry. You don't have to do it, but this is a tool that we're putting we're leading you. It's up to you what you do with it, right? And so it, on the back table back there, you're going to need to see two piles of papers. One of them are these beautiful colored papers that cost us more to print. And so not all of you are getting one of these, okay? We're asking you to take one of these per home, one of these per home. And you don't really need a bunch because all this is, so in the first week, if you know your Bible chronologically, it's going to be, we're going to be reading Genesis and what? Job. Genesis and Job are over the first few weeks. And so we went ahead and put Genesis overview so you can see the entire book of Genesis. And we have Job's overview, okay? And then there's also a breakdown of Genesis and Job. And that's just some extra uh, fun for you to read if you're a nerd like that. And then on the other pile is the actual reading, okay? There's gonna, it's going to be week one, week two, uh, week three, and week four. We're going to do a month at a time. So you'll get some more here at the end of the month. Uh, and it starts tomorrow. I don't have week one, so right in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 I, uh, tomorrow, I believe. And this is just something, we're just going to journey through this together, okay? And you know me when it comes to Bible reading plans, because I know you and I know me. We're not going to get every day. Some of you will, but you're going to miss days. That's not, that's not a thing for you to feel guilty about and like, all right, I'll start again next year. No, oh, I can't, I got to go back and read it all. You can if you want, but if you miss 16 days, pick it back up on the day we're supposed to be on. Let's go right? It's about what is God wanting to teach you today that you can trust him more, right? So this starts tomorrow, and we're going to ask all of you that want to participate to take one of these, and if we need more, we will. And also, there is a sign-up sheet on that back table, because we don't like to send out spam mail. We're going to start a Facebook private group together 
that discuss nothing but this, okay? So if you need, it's not for prayer requests, unless you're praying something that we've read. It's not for, you know, what's going on with Sally or, or whatever. It's just, hey, today in my reading, man, God taught me this amazing thing. And so share that. Uh, here's a prayer that I prayed through the scriptures this morning. I want to pray this for you too, you know. And so that's something if you want to be a part of, sign up and you'll be, uh, we'll have that group going probably late tonight. It'll for sure up, but it'll sure be up by first thing in the morning. Also, we know that there's some people watching online that haven't been in church for a while. And they're like, well, we can't get our hands on these. Okay, well, here's the deal. And, and some of you are like me, I don't want more paper junk in my house. We've also uh, attached these PDFs to our website. So if you go to our website, you can also download all of these papers, okay? jccdesoto.com. jccdesoto.com. At the very bottom, there's a link that says read through the Bible or Bible plan. 2021 Bible study. Click on that, and you have access to all of this stuff, okay? Again, it's just a tool that we want to put in your hands this year. And uh, I'm excited, me and my wife, part of our talk last night was we're going to read this separately and we're going to talk about it collectively. And if there's things that we need to pray through together in these scriptures, we're going to because we want to lead from the front this year and we want to grow. And we don't know what's coming. Uh, we hope it's good, right? We hope for the best, but you prepare for the worst, okay? We hope for the best, and if the worst comes, that's okay. We're trusting God, and we're going to walk through this because every day he's going to be revealing to us. There is nothing at least I've experienced, and Anthony, you might, and Mitch, and some of you guys that have uh, led people in ministry, there is nothing that I have experienced more spiritual warfare with than scripture reading, Bible reading. There is something every day that's going to tell you there's something else you need to do first. And so my advice is tonight, put a plan together every day at this time. I'm going to sit down. It's going to take you about 10 to 12 minutes. If you're a slow reader, maybe 15 minutes, okay? That's all you're going to need every day, Monday or seven days a week is what this, this reading plan is. Um, and we're going to ask you to join us. Let's go. Let's grow in what God wants to teach us about who he is and what he has done. And so don't forget to sign up if you want to be a part of that group. You don't ever have to say anything. You might just want to, I want to see what God's teaching other people and be encouraged by that. Uh, so please be a part of that. And then I've also invited you guys. Um, I told you that I picked up a, a, a discipline this about October, November this year, that I'm starting to memorize scripture again uh, because I want to just not only hide it in my heart that I not sin against God, but I, wanna, I want the Spirit to be able to use these verses when I'm talking to people and he brings something to my mind and I don't have to go somewhere in the Bible it says and just believe the Spirit's going to say, no, I want you to share this, right, this truth with him right now. And it's funny. If you start memorizing scripture, God's going to use that scripture in your life a lot, I promise you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's going to show up in conversations and you're going to be, wow. God right and so every week we're going to put up one verse maybe two or three uh, maybe a little passage of scripture that we're going to invite you to, to memorize with us again this is not a legalistic thing there's no you don't get a pen next Sunday if you've done this you don't you know this ain't a competition this this is roots this is us just saying we're we're, we're providing you what you need to face whatever's coming and so um, scripture memorization is going to be one of those personal disciplines that we apply this year can I go ahead and give you the verse, the first verse for the year? We've already shared it this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It's going to be our definition for gospel maturity, right? That those who have had the veil removed, I love how, I don't have it memorized yet, but I, 
I have it summarized. I love how Paul says, for those who have had their veil removed, they can see. They've had their eyes spiritually open, and it says they reflect. That's what we're all about. The, go- the gospel rule is about reflecting the glory of the Lord as we grow more and more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, okay? Again, I know this probably sounds more like a pep talk and, than a sermon. I guess that's okay because I love you, and I want to see um, you grow. I, 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 my desire is that I grow uh, this year spiritually uh, because I'll end with this. This is the truth that we started with. We can't control what's coming. But we can trust the one who holds the world in his hands, and he is in complete control of what's coming. So let's dig some roots. Let's, let's dig some deep roots that no matter what storm, what weather, what drought is coming. Because it might not be 2021, but it's coming. There's something coming in my life and in your life. And we need deep roots where we are unshakable, unmovable.